Good morning, everyone. Well, my dear friends, in today's readings, uh, especially in the gospel, we hear about how Christianity apparently can create divisions and separate family members. But if you really look at the words that Christ had spoken throughout his time on earth, and if you look at the great cloud of witnesses, as St. Paul tells us, or in the letter to the Hebrews, you begin to realize that it's not quite Christians that create division and separation, but it's the reaction of what we say and what we do that sometimes may create divisions. Let me give you an example. So in the first reading, if you're not aware, why are the people so upset with Jeremiah? Because Jeremiah was trying to tell the king at this time that the great power of Babylon, uh, their king, was demanding that all these little kingdoms, like Judea, would pay a tribute. You know, because you know, it's almost like you know, uh, a ransom. You know, since, we're, you know, since all of you guys are here, we protect you, we'll protect you, just pay a certain amount every month, and we'll continue protecting you. Right? If it's, it's almost like the Nazis, what they did to, um, to uh, Norway, right? Before they invaded Norway, they said, we're going to bring our troops into Norway so that we can protect you from the English. Okay? It was that type of deal. But the people, the military leaders, and the king of Judea said, no, let's make an alliance with Egypt. And that's the best way for us to handle this. And Jeremiah was saying, no, pay the tribute. Pay the tribute. Save yourself, save the people from all this war, do it. And of course, then you have the princes and all the military leaders saying that Jeremiah was being unpatriotic. And that's why they wanted to kill him. In the end, what happened? They didn't pay. Babylon entered and destroyed the whole kingdom. Okay? So then you have... so. Was it Jeremiah that was causing division? Or was Jeremiah trying to save his people? And then in the second reading, you have from the letter of the Hebrews, brothers and sisters, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And who are these witnesses? Moses, Abraham. These individuals who tried to save always their people. Moses wasn't interested in destroying Egypt or leaving Egypt for the sake of leaving Egypt. Moses wanted, if you remember in the Old Testament, Moses asked the Pharaoh, allow my people to go out into the desert to pray, to pray. And he refused. He didn't want them to go out into the desert to pray. And that's what caused Moses to lead all his people to go out into the desert and towards the promised land, a place where they could pray freely. So was it Moses that was creating the division? Or was it Pharaoh that was so stubborn that he had to have it always his way and that was it? And I would say to you, it wasn't really so much Moses. It was the Pharaoh. And then, of course, Jesus. Jesus, if you remember, in so many passages, there were the Pharisees that were always demanding answers from Jesus. If you remember, in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 22, the Pharisees asked Jesus, you know, tell us, 
by what authority do you do all these things? And do you remember what Jesus said to them? If I tell you, you will not believe. So Jesus never told them. He never told them. Right? Because he knew that if he told them, first of all, it wasn't the right moment. And second of all, it wasn't at the hour. He, he, they wouldn't believe him. They weren't ready to hear him. And then, if you remember, uh, they, ask, they ask Jesus another question. And they ask him, uh, you know, by what, why do you heal on the Sabbath? Why do you heal people on the Sabbath? And Jesus says, I'll answer your question if you answer my question. By what authority did John the Baptist by, baptize? By God or by men? And, of course, they never answered. You know, not too long ago during the summer break, I was, you know, out of curiosity, I was reading a little bit of going back to my math notes, right? I don't know why, right? Just going through my, you know, math books. And I remember coming across, and it's amazing how math reminds you of people, right? Because I was studying irrational numbers, okay? And as soon as I was studying irrational numbers, I began to think of irrational people, you know, irrational numbers are numbers that always go on and on and on and on. And they're like people who will never shut their mouth. Right? They just go on and on and on. And they have to try to convince you of something. And usually it is, what do you believe? What do you think? It's amazing how people try to put other people in silos or in containers, or try to put them to, uh, in, in a certain position. There was a famous archbishop in Brazil, uh, Archbishop Cadera, who once said, you know, when I give food to the poor, people call me a saint. When I ask the people why they are poor, they, they call me a communist. You know how many people call France, St. Pope Francis a communist? You know how many people think of Pope Francis as a lib, as a liberal? Do you know how many people think of Pope Francis as being the least Catholic of all Catholics? Now, people love to ask me. They, love, they, love, they say, Father, do you, what do you think about Pope Francis? I go, Pope Francis, I love Pope Francis like I love John Paul II, Pope Benedict. He's the Pope. He always gives a different perspective of the gospel that maybe from Pope Benedict or Pope John Paul II. But yeah, everybody would love to put you in a corner, put you in a silo, try to figure you out. And you have to be savvy and you have to be intelligent. Like the Lord said, you know, as quick as a snake. Why? Is it because to avoid conflict? No. It's to try to understand where people are before you speak to them. To try to understand what they're trying to get, what they're trying to do. There was a young person who recently came up to me and said, Father, you know, almost in tears, a teenager, and they were saying, you know, Father, we've got, these, we've got these problems in our family. 
I have this relative who um, has just told the whole family something about themselves, and now everybody's asking me what I think. And I said, what do you th- why do you think they're asking you what you think? Well, it's because they want, me, they want to know whether or not I'm on their side or on the other person's side. I said, and what will that do for that person? Nothing. What is, it, what is your responsibility to love every person? You know what's beautiful about being a Christian? You know what is the best thing about being a Christian? The best thing. The number one thing. The one thing that really separates us from other people. We can love people who disagree with us. We can love people who hate us. If you notice, out there, there are people who will not love you unless you agree with them. And there, will, there are people who do not love you unless you love them. Plenty of people like that. The job of a Christian, what Jesus Christ did so well, is he was able to love people who disagreed with him. And he was able to love people who didn't love him. And he was able to move hearts in people when they weren't even nearby. He gives the great example of the, the man who goes out and finds the lost sheep. And you would imagine the lost sheep isn't there. Or there. Or there. That's not lost. The lost sheep is someone is, you know, do you see it? No, I don't see it. I don't find it. Well, go out there and look for it. Okay, someone who is far away from where you are. And that is what a Christian who tries to imitate Christ does. Doesn't try to take sides. Doesn't try to be labeled so easily. A Christian is almost like, you know, liquid. Constantly filling in gaps and places that you would never imagine. And that's what we try to do. To love people who do not love us. And to try to move hearts in people that don't necessarily agree with us. So, I think, if you think about it, the divisions that we see in this world, they should never be caused by a Christian. But instead, it can actually make people upset that you don't tell them what you think or you don't tell them what you, what you, where you are. But you try to work with them in order for them to understand what you believe and what you think. And so let us ask our Lord during this time, especially during this era that we live in, where everybody seems to have an opinion and everybody thinks that they have to voice it, you know, that we are allowed to have some patience and some understanding in order to move mountains. Amen.